Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Are you doing good? Okay. The, the guys in the back room and the gals, they were like, Nate, the energy's kind of low today. So I, I get it. The wind's blowing. It's kind of cold. And so it's, come on, bring some energy with me today because I'm excited to be here. So if you, if you just want to sit back and relax, that's totally cool. I'll bring the energy and maybe you'll have a better afternoon and late morning. Is that okay? Okay, cool. Well, my name is Nate. I'm one of the pastors on staff. I have the honor and the privilege of serving as the young adults, uh, pastor, 18 to 29-year-olds. Anybody 18 to 29 in the house? Very polite, reserved, yes. That's me. And so uh, then I oversee all of our life groups. Anybody go to a life group? Come on. Yes, awesome. Awesome. And all, at all of our campuses. So today we want to welcome those of you who are worshiping with us out in Ogallala, uh, Pastor Trevor and Jordan, man. They are awesome out there. And uh, we're glad that you're serving with us and you're on the team. And we thank you so much for choosing to worship at Ogallala today, as well as those who are in North Platte today. Thank you so much for uh, being on the team as well with Pastor Dave and Tiffany and Pastor uh, Robert. And so, man, we're just excited. So I need to do one thing real quick. Can you pound it for me if you're out in Ogallala in North Platte? Come on, pound it. Put out your hands. Pound it. Come on. And then my niece does this. She's like, you can't leave it. You got to blow it up. Woo! And we do that. So come on. There you go. So thanks for being here and being for choosing to worship at New Life today. So hey, we're still in our teaching series 2020 vision for our spiritual lives. Amen? It's, tw- it's still 2020. I know we're the second month in. Hopefully you're still walking out your New Year's resolutions. If you made those, hopefully you're, you're, you're still being okay with those. And uh, it's a new year, so it's a new you. How many people need a, new, need a new wardrobe today? Anybody need a new wardrobe in 2020? Some of you are like, yes, that's me. Some of you are going like that. That's him. That's her. Man, today we're going to talk about wardrobe. At my house, wardrobe is a big deal. My wife is a fashion buyer, so we watch fashion shows. We talk about wardrobe a lot. Um, I, often, I often joke with her, and I asked her, I said, can I, can I share this joke? And she's like, yeah, absolutely. I often joke with her in the morning. I'm like, what character are we today? Because she, she wears things that are unique. She's often in New York City. This week she was in Vegas. She's often in L.A. So she brings ideas and concepts back that maybe aren't necessarily, you know, Midwest ideas. And so I'm like, what are, what are we going for today? We look like we're a designer artist in, from Paris. And so I'm just always joking with her. And so she's relaxed and she doesn't, you know, get on me too much anymore. But fashion is a big deal at our house. So we all, but all my fashion, my style comes from her. So there you go. So she said, I look like an eighties guy today. So I'm like, all right, cool. Thanks babe for dressing me. I look great then. And so we, we talk often about, you know, what we're, what we're going to wear. And if you, look out th- if you look at through Scripture, the Bible talks about wardrobe a lot. It, it talks about, in the New Testament, it talks about, hey, don't worry about what you're going to wear necessarily. Don't put your focus on your outward necessarily about what you're going to wear. But then it also talk, talks a lot about, you know, a spiritual ward- wardrobe, a spiritual wardrobe. And it says, put on this. Put on the Spirit of Christ. Put on the Spirit put off the, you know, the things of the flesh. It, it talks a lot about that throughout Scripture. And so today we want to focus on a new spiritual wardrobe. Today, if you're going to be the best version of yourself, if you're going to be the man or woman that God's called you to be, uh, specifically in just 2020, then you need to line, align your life up to the vision that God has for the standard of what it even looks like to be a Christian. Because if you, if you think about it in our culture, there's a lot of people that call themselves Christian. You know what I'm saying? They have this title, but it's different than some other titles. If somebody came in and said, I'm a firefighter, you would automatically have an idea and go, 
this is what a firefighter does, right? They probably know how to put out a fire. If I saw them in uniform and there was a fire, I would probably go find them over somebody else, right? Okay, you're with me, maybe. But there's other titles that we, you know, we see. I mean, people in uniform, that's another thing. If you see those people, you go, oh, yeah, that's, I can. But when you call yourself a Christian, there's a lot of variations of what it looks like to be a Christian today. And, and today we're going to look at a passage found in Colossians chapter 3 that talks about putting on and taking off. I don't know about you, but I want to be the Christian. I want to be the, the imitator of Christ in a real authentic way. I don't want to just be some dressed up version who calls themselves a Christian but doesn't actually live like one. Amen? And that's, and that's where we're going today. And so Paul today has a clear vision of Christian living. And so the scripture tell us what to wear and what not to wear. Anybody remember the old TV show, What Not to Wear? Maybe it was a favorite TV show of yours. But yeah, what not to wear. What would happen is, is you would have participants who, they, they didn't nominate themselves, but they had family members or friends that said, you, are, you look hideous. You have no vision for style. You don't do anything, uh, you know, to dress up. You just are, you're wearing sweatpants and sweatshirts all day long. And, and they get nominated on this TV show and they would show up and then these two consultants would place them in a room in front of mirrors on a pedestal with a bunch of lights and then they would transform them into a whole new person. They would send them over to, you know, to get their hair done and get their hair cut. And then they would send them over and they would say, hey, we're going to try these new styles. You're going to put this on. And then they would take them to the makeup artist if it was a woman. And they would come back and they would like, and they would be revealed to their friends and their family. And the people would just be like in tears or in shock. And they're like, it's a totally new person. So today, if we can take that concept in, Paul today is our fashion consultant, Today, when we get into the scripture today, what I need you to do, I need, to, I need you to picture yourself, whether you like shopping or not, it doesn't matter. You're wearing clothes, so you do care a little bit about what you look like. Today, you need to walk in and you need to see yourself standing on a pedestal with the lights, with the mirrors, and Paul is looking into our hearts and looking into ourselves and going, hey, to be a true follower of Christ you should look like this. You need to take off this and you need to put on this. If we can do that today, we're going, it, it's going to transform us because I'm, I'm convinced today and I'm confident in Jesus that through the Holy Spirit, he is still transforming seekers today into believers and believers into his image. Amen? He's still doing that today. So today, if you find yourself as a seeker, you're not a Christian yet, but you're seeking what it looks like to be a Christian, this is a great text for you to go. This is what it's going to look like. And so, if we can be brutally honest with ourselves today, that's going to be the key for us all. If you can, when you, we read these scriptures, if you can go, yeah, I need to put that off. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, I need some help to put that off. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he's going to help me put on this. Because the thing is, is too many times we're, we're good at deceiving ourselves. We're going, you know what? Yeah, that's, that's, that's not really necessarily me. You're deceiving yourself. Just be honest with yourself today. The other thing that we do is we compare ourselves too many times to the person sitting on our left or our right or the person that, you know, that lives in the house with us or the person, our coworker. And what we'll do is we deceive ourselves and we go, well, I'm not as bad as them. Today, if you can be brutally honest with yourself, I promise God can transform you and change you and help you be the best version that God's called you to be, to have a spiritual vision that you never even could comprehend, to be the best you. 
And so today, as, as we get ready, the big idea of, of, our, of, this, of the message today is if Jesus is your Savior and life example, Paul encouraged us in how to live the life of the believer. Today we're going to read 17 verses. I wrestled with this today. I go, this week, I'm like, Lord, what am I going to do with 17 verses? But this is what I do know. I'm not smart enough. But I know that the Holy Spirit is way smarter than me today. And when we look at these scriptures today, I may highlight something that the Holy Spirit highlights something completely different in your life. So for you today, I want to encourage you to be listening to the Holy Spirit. And what is the Holy Spirit revealing to you? Not necessarily what Nate is saying today, but what is the Holy Spirit revealing to you that this week that you can go and go, man, God, that's, where, that's the area that I need, to, I need, you, I need some help with. Because there's, no, there was, there's, there's nothing, there was no difference between when Paul was teaching and what's going on today. The people back then needed to know what it looked like to be a Christian just as we do. So here we go. We're going to jump in real quick to Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. So hang with me. So since you have been raised to new life with Christ, since you have been raised, this is a key, this is a key piece. We're, we need to know who Paul is talking to. Paul is talking to the church of Colossae. He's talking to the believers today. He's not talking to the unbeliever. He's saying, so since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. Leave it right there. Go back real quick. I, I, I hate to do this, but I, I believe that you're mature enough you can handle this. How many of you watched the big game last Sunday? Anybody watch the game? Okay, some of you did. That's cool. How many of you were unimpressed with the halftime show or didn't even watch the halftime show? Right, yes. We, and I watched all week this week people just putting up comments of how disgusting it was. But in a moment, you're going to see, if you're not a believer, what, what do we expect, Christian church? What do we expect of people who are not believers? What did you expect of them to be in robes, singing a hallelujah? What, I mean, what did we expect? And I'm not saying that we should just like, you know, just give them grace and be like, anything's acceptable. But I'm saying that's an industry that is all about getting people to, uh, you know, to spend a lot of money. They're, we're playing into what they're trying to do, the marketing of going out and talking about all these things, about how wrong it is or how degrading it is. But at the end of the day, they're unbelievers, so what do we expect? There should be a, a, a drastic difference between the, the believer and the unbeliever. And that's where I'm going today. Some of us, we just get, we kind of morph in. We're kind of like the chameleon. We just kind of drift in and we can drift out. I, I can be this and I can be this. But today there's a stark difference between what it looks like to be the Christian and, a not, and an unbeliever. And so today, that's, that's what we're looking at. So here we go. Jump back. You can go to the next verse. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of the sins, the, this angers God, the anger of God's coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of the world. But now, the time, it's time to get rid of the anger, rage, uh, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Leave it right there. So what Paul is doing today, he's, he's going to, from one ditch to the next ditch. He's got two extremes here today. 
all of us would agree that sexual immorality is bad, right? That's kind of an extreme level of like, yeah, anybody who's doing that, that's not good. But then he comes down and he talks about just, you know, getting rid of anger and rage. He's talking about the people that go, I'm not really that bad. He even goes into the next part. He's like, don't lie to each other. Like, oh, it's not really that bad. So today he's lumping us all together as the church saying, hey, wherever you find yourself on the spectrum of sin in your life, you are included because none of us are perfect. Amen. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. So whatever it is, if you think it's big or you think it's small, no matter, it's a big deal to God. And he brings it together today. It's a big deal to God. So don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on, this is like, this is my life verse. This is one of my life verses. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're Jew, Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave, or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us today. It doesn't matter about your past today. It doesn't necessarily even matter about your title today. Christ is all that matters. Amen, church? Christ is all that matters. Since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive one another, who, everyone, anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all, that, and all of its riches fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Amen? Let us pray we're going to be done. Just kidding. We could be done, right? At the end of the day, there's enough there that we can just live there forever. And so I don't know what it is specifically for you that stood out to you in that scripture, but there's a number of things that stand out to me in that scripture. So I just want to real quick highlight a few things that we're going to look at. And so today we're going to look at verse 1 and 2. Here we go. We're just going to break them out. Set your sights on heaven. Think about heaven. Basically, the the big idea there is look at life from God's perspective. Get Get your eyes, get your heart up. We live in a world that wants to get you centered on yourself, down into the weeds. But this is this is saying set your sights on heaven, think on things above, get your eyes up, get your mind up into the perspective of what you know, look at the world through God's eyes. Take off. Maybe these physical, spiritual eyes that see the world through your lenses, but God, may I have new spiritual eyes to see the way that you see today. Verse 4, share in the glory of Jesus today. That, that's, a, that's a big thing because we're, we're talking about looking, sounding, being different in a, in a culture that is completely saying you need to conform to this way. But this is the thing. No matter what your friends think or what your family might say or how they, you know, they perceive you, one day you will share in the glory of Jesus. He's coming again. Amen, church? You get to share in that. So even though you may, you may feel some persecution here on this earth, just remember, you get to share in the glory of Jesus when you submit to his ways. He sees you. The other people may not get you, but he sees you the way that you are. Number five, put to death the sinful nature. Whatever that looks like for you. I don't know what that is. I'm not a legalist. 
But I'm just saying, you need to be open to whatever the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. Get rid of it. Put to death. Kill it. Cut it off. Get an accountability partner, whatever it looks like. Put it to death. Verse 10, put on your new nature. We need to be renewed as you learn to know Jesus and become like him. There's a renewing that takes place in our lives. 11, Jesus came for all. For some of us, we maybe this is something it's hard for us to wrestle with. We see people in our family who've done terrible things and hurt other people. They've hurt you. And it would be hard for you to say, yeah, Jesus came for them. That's something that's going on inside of your heart today. That's something that I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to change in you and transform in you, renew you, renew in you today. Jesus came for all. Twelve, clothe yourself with tender heart and mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You get that. Thirteen, forgive anyone who offends you. Really? That doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Nate, you don't know my story. You don't get it. You don't know what they've done to me. Forgive anyone who offends you. 14 through 17, clothe, your, clothe yourself with love. Let the peace of Jesus rule your heart and fill your life. Sing to God with a thankful heart. We're going to sing in a little bit later. That might be something that you just got to practice today. Lord Jesus, I don't feel very thankful for anything, but God, would you fill my heart so that I can be thankful today as I sing? And do everything you do and say as a representative of the Lord Jesus. It's less about what you do, but why you do it as a representative of Jesus. It's not what you do, but it's why you do what you do. This means that you can be in the marketplace. Pastor Jeff talked a few weeks ago about, you know, being called. Whatever it looks like for you in your life and that you're, that you're doing, it's not about what you do, but why you do what you do. It's the impact that you can make when you walk into the things that you do knowing, man, I'm going to be a representative of Jesus today. It transforms things. It changes things. If you're like me, you look at all of this stuff and you go, this looks really hard. Is this even possible? If this, is this even doable? Like, it, it's daunting. It looks, it doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Anybody agree with me? It doesn't sound like a lot of fun today. And you're probably thinking, you're one of two people that think this way. Some of you are like, I love a challenge I can do this. I'm a get-or-done type of person. I can just change my behaviors today. Man, behaviors doesn't change your heart. A, be a behavior modification just goes, okay, I'm going to do this so that I can get rewarded for this. I get a token or I get a sticker. Oh, I've done this. God's not about a behavior modification. He's about a heart transformation. So the prayer today has to be, Lord Jesus, would you do heart surgery on me? That's the big idea today is, Jesus, would you transform me and give me a new heart so that I can be the man and woman that you've called me to be? If your first thought is, man, I can do this on my own, I can get it done, then I, I just want to challenge you. I'm not sure you understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because it's not about what you can do or what you've done. It's all about him and what he's done for you. Amen? You are loved and you are wanted because of Jesus and the blood shed on the cross, period. If we don't have this, the imagery of the cross today, and we don't have the blood that's shed, then, buddy, we got to get to work. Amen? It's about me getting it done. But when we do this, when it's like, i got to do this on my own, or I can do this in my own strength, man, you're like the Energizer Bunny, and eventually you're going to run out of energy. 
you're going to eventually run out and go, man, I can't do this. Ephesians 2.8 says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. It's a gift for God. This idea came to me that God's not impressed with how good you are. He, he's concerned more about your heart and your, and your godly sorrow when you fail. Think about it for a minute. Real repentance is a change of heart that allows a person to turn completely from their sin and turn back to God. That's what true repentance does. It, it brings life. It brings salvation. Repentance leads to a salvation life. But if one's remorse and regret remain selfish and self-centered, such sorrow only brings death. Today, God cares about your heart and the godly sorrow that you, sorrow that you feel when, you, when you've wronged God, when, you've, when you fall into sin. It's, there's a change that happens when you have godly sorrow over worldly sorrow today. Another way that you think, and this is how I think, this is going to be really hard. This is going to be difficult. How can I, how can I put this on? How am I going to put this off? This, looks real, this, isn't going to feel, this isn't going to be comfortable for me. I think a lot of us live in that mentality. But let me just tell you something. You have a higher rate of success when you do what? When you show up. Today, you have a higher rate of being successful and being the man and woman that God's called you to be. Why? Just because you showed up to church today. It didn't make you feel too good, I guess. I'm sorry. But you showed up today. Other people might be going, yeah, I'd like to make it. I mean, we all have good intentions, right? Man, I'd really like to work out. I'd really like to look different, in, you know, in 2020. Everybody signs up in January. February, after February 14th, they all stop. It's Valentine's Day. Mm, he likes me. She likes me. I look good. Woo! I'm out. But good intentions don't get you anything. In our culture, you get a participation, you know, ribbon. Woohoo! Good job. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't count with God. But man, you showed up today. You have a higher rate of success today in being the man and woman that God's called to be just because you've shown up today. Now he, I'm confident in this, he's going to show up. And as you work together as a team, he's going to transform you and change you in the man and woman that he's called you to be. But sometimes we get this mentality that, man, we care more about what we're going to have to give up than the blessings that we're going to receive. I love what Ecclesiastes says, found in chapter 7, verse 4. It says, a wise person thinks a lot about death, while a fool thinks only about having a good time. Instant gratification now. Instant gratification now. I want it, I'm going to have it, I'm going to go for it. But a wise person thinks a whole lot about death. And as a believer in Christ, I know that it may sound morbid, but I often find myself thinking a lot about death. And so maybe I would like to propose a couple things to you. If you would think more about death than the instant gratification, things might change in your life. What if, for some of us, what if we asked ourselves, is what I'm about to eat, is it going to bring me closer to my death? Come on, that's a practical thing today. Is what I'm about to eat, is it going to bring me closer to my death? Or if I choose vegetables, or I choose, you know, choose the greens or the fruits, maybe I'll get a little bit, you know, prolonged a little bit. I, I don't know, I get it. God knows his timetable on all of us. But he also says in his word, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so I need to honor the Lord with it. I need to take care of this body. So just, that's a practical thing. Here's another question. What about the way you'll be remembered at your funeral? Think about your death the way that you live now. 
You get to leave your legacy, not your neighbor, not your spouse next to you. You get to leave the legacy today. How are they going to remember you? The way your kids will talk about you after they're out of the house, moms and dads. Man, the impact, the things that I'm doing today, the things they're going to talk about. Your spiritual life today versus tomorrow. So many times we want to put off the things that we need to do today and leave them for tomorrow. Today, a spiritual vision, 2020 vision for your life. You can't think about necessarily tomorrow, but you can change today. So think about it this way. Since we're talking about clothes, we're talking about wardrobe. Hear me. No one will stumble into godliness. No one will stumble into a 2020 vision for their spiritual life. So think about it this way. The last time you were in the department store, did you just stumble into a changing room? No. You didn't even want to go to, you didn't even want to go to the department store. You were drugged into the department store, some of you. I get that. Yes, I'm getting nods. But as someone was handing you clothes to go, try these on, try these on. You just didn't just start just chucking off your clothes in the middle of the store, were you? Some of you, you would. Okay. But you didn't do that. No, you went and you found yourself going, hey, where's the changing room? And you find yourself, you go into the changing room, and you begin to take off things, and you begin to put on things in the department store. So let me, let me think, I want you to think this way. May I propose that for all of us to be the follower of Jesus that Paul is describing, we all need a changing room experience today. It's your choice. But will you choose to step into the changing room and say, God, will you transform me? Will you change me today? All throughout Scripture, we see a number of times in the New Testament that Jesus went often, not seldom, to his changing room. He was in there and he was being transformed. He was being reminded of the character, renewing his mind. Jesus was often found praying to Father God. In Matthew 14, 23, he went into the hills I can only imagine that he's probably praying for patience. Jesus, God in flesh, dealing with men who don't have an education and who are fishermen, who are tax collectors. And the next thing you see when Jesus comes out of the hills, he's being found as he's walking on the water. There's a storm going on with his disciples. And and Peter's freaking out going, there's a huge storm. And Jesus is probably going, okay, Lord, thanks for, God, thanks for giving me patience because I got to deal with these dumb people. And he calls Peter out of the boat, and Peter begins to walk on water, then he sinks, and Jesus reaches out his hands, and you know, you, you see that. But Jesus goes in. He's needing, he was needing exactly what we're needing today. We're, he's needing to be these attributes that we're talking about. He goes in right here in Matthew 26, 36. He's in the garden uh, before he's about to be arrested and to, and to be crucified. He's, he's praying this, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Father, not my will, but your will be done. He's going into this, this changing room and he's just praying and he's connecting and, commu- and connecting with the Father. Matthew 1.35, early in the morning, he went off to the desert. We see Jesus coming out of the time of prayer and the disciples are saying, hey, Jesus, all the people are ready for us here in the town. And he goes, nope, we're gonna, we need to leave this town and we need to go preach here. He's finding direction. The father's saying, nope, good. We preached here. We need to go tell more of these people over here so that all may know. 
Jesus finds direction. Luke 5.15, he withdrew into the wilderness for power and strength. If Jesus needed this changing room experience, how much more do we need it? How much more do we need to be transformed and changed? Matthew 6, 6, Jesus was teaching the disciples about prayer and fasting. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to the Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. He's talking about going and finding a quiet place to get alone with God. Not to be the person that walks into the department store and just begins chucking off their clothes and throwing on new clothes. He says, no, go into the secret place, into the quiet place, and allow God to refine you. Allow God in his presence to take off some things and help you put on some things today. Think about it this way. When you come out of the, when you come out of the changing room, because my wife, she says, all right, come do a little show. Okay. And I come walking out. I don't know about you, but this is the way it is for me. Not everything I try on fits. She's like, you come out, you got a wedgie. Your wife makes you do a little spin. Grabs your little britches, going, mm, a little loose, a little tight, buddy. You feel all, you know, it's choking you to death. For me, I got these arms that are really long. So I have to buy everything one size bigger because my arms are too long. And so if I buy like a medium, it's like they're sticking out like this. Not everything that I try on fits perfectly. Sometimes the pants are way too tight or they're way too loose or they're way too long or they're way too short. Anybody relate today? And it's the same thing with God. There's going to be moments where you go into the changing room and you come out and you're going to go, God, is there anything different about me today? There's going to be a moment where you go, this doesn't fit right. This is super awkward. When you're used to being a bull in a China, in a China shop with your family or at work, and when the Lord says, uh, you need to show humility, you need to be, show some gentleness, you need to bite your tongue, that's going to be completely awkward for you. But it's okay. It's okay because you're being transformed into the likeness of God. It's a powerful thing. So when you come in and when you come out and you go, man, nothing's happening to me, it's all right. Just keep going back into the changing room saying, God, would you transform me? Would you change me today? Would you allow the things of my old self just fall off today? Would you help me today put on the things that are of you, this new life, being renewed into the man or woman that you've called me to be? The thing is, though, is the way that you'll know that you're being changed, are you ready for this? It hasn't changed in hundreds of years, they still do it in grade school, they still do it in college, they still do it at your work. You're going to be tested. You'll be tested. That's the only way you'll know. When everything's going good, it's like, oh yeah, life's great. But when you have a test come up and it's a moment for you to show patience, and you pass because you've shown patience, you'll know, man, I'm being renewed into the likeness of Christ. All that effort and willingness to go into the changing room, it's paying off. It's paying off. I'm confident in these two things right here. Who you spend your time with is who you become. So change your life by consciously choosing Jesus today. Who you surround yourself is who you become. In this last, Colossians 3.10. 
Choose daily. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Today, God wants to renew you today. He's not finished with you, even though you may feel like he is. He's not. God wants to renew you. God wants to help you today. And so in just a minute, we're going to go into solitude. For two minutes, and then your campus pastor is going to come, and I want to ask you, I want you to pray about and think about these two questions. Maybe some of you have these questions, you know, maybe some of you have these, you know, have these answered, others of you may not. Where will my changing room be today? Could be outside. Jesus liked to spend a lot of time outside. But he also encouraged the disciples to go into a a prayer closet and pray to be transformed. Honestly, what is Jesus asking me to take off and put on today? Today, let's be open and honest and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Let's spend some time in solitude.